0: Hello and welcome back to the pod. I'm your host, Jackie Aa. My guest today is none other than Dallas Goldtooth. Many of you know him from the 1491 sketch comedy group, typically running around shirtless and in his underwear. (laughs) You also know him from his work as a climate justice organizer with the Indigenous Environmental Network. And now you can catch him as the hilarious character, Spirit, a.k.a. William Knife Man, on Reservation Dogs, now streaming on FX on Hulu. Dallas also happens to be a longtime friend of mine. We actually went to college together, and you bet he was as goofy then as he is now. It was a fun time. I caught the first two episodes of Reservation Dogs, and it is truly amazing and so funny. Congratulations to everyone involved in that project. You guys are killing it, and I cannot wait for more. In this episode, Dallas shares behind-the-scenes stories about shooting the show. We talk comedy writing and reminisce about our college days. We have such a fun chat, and I'm excited to share it with you all. Catch new episodes of Reservation Dogs every Monday on FX on Hulu dallas
1: god damn it's so hot it's so hot in my how hot is it office here how How hot hot is it
0: it? (laughs) 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 how dumb are we uh we should make a good radio show hey
1: and um i i it's like 98 degrees outside but This office space that I'm in has no AC. And so in order to properly record this pod, oops shit, bumping my fucking (laughs) microphone. In order to properly record this podcast, I have to close the door. So I'm sacrificing my comfort to talk to you.
0: Thank you, Dallas. I appreciate it. I'll be honest. It okay, so it's not 90 something, but it is 80. I think it's exactly 80 right now here in Oakland, which is kind of a hot day. And I have to close all my windows and shit because it is just like too loud in my neighborhood. Okay, I take that back. I lied, it's 72, uh, you know, but <laughs> it was like 80 in Hayward. It's, it's I was like Hayward
1: 175. Earlier.
0: It's 72 and it's awful. I can't stand it. Um, how are you, Dallas? Good to see you.
1: I'm good. I'm good. No one's sick. No one's got the COVID in my home good. and we are hanging in there and, um, not touching anything. Um, mm. staying away from crazy white folks. We're doing our best. Um, good. so I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to happy to be on, the, on, well, I... on this thing. Hey, what is the name of this podcast?
0: It's the Jackie show.
1: Oh, <laughs> Hey everyone. This is Dallas Goldtooth, and you're listening to the Jackie show there we go you can, you can use that later
0: can we quickly just touch bases about um the past year or do we just want to skip over that and say fuck it and just talk about the really cool shit that you're working on right now or have worked on and are debuting
1: i say let's let's skip it because i mean my story ain't yeah. too different than 98 percent of the people listening unless hold on here it's not my story is probably the same as 90 percent of the listeners there's those yeah. 2% who just fucking balls to walls went everywhere during the pandemic and didn't care and didn't mask up and just like licked everything in yep. the grocery store. Yep. So, um, but I'll, I'll give the, how about we did How about, how about this? I'll give a short recap.
0: Yes, let's do it. Lightning round um, three, two, one
1: lightning round. The kids, me, none of us got COVID. We hung out. We stocked up on crap load of food and meats and, uh, we're doing good and we're happy.
0: Yay. Glad to hear that. Really, yeah. truly. It's, it's been a lot. Our family's been well. Um, we've been sort of, I took my dad to a doctor's appointment today. So he's, he, he's, we're back into like hanging out with each other. There was a time when we didn't, cause I was like paranoid
1: because, mm-hmm. you know,
0: there was like so much unknown <laughs> shit, but, um, but you know, I feel like things are slightly improved. I don't know. We don't have to get into it, but there's something I really wanted to talk about. That's so exciting, which is uh, reservation dogs, which dropped yesterday. And I, I stayed up until 2 AM watching it. I had to do a bunch of other stuff. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to get up and I'm going to, I'm going to stay up and I'm going to watch it. I'll just watch one episode and I couldn't help but I watched both episodes and it was so good to see you on the show. First off, it's so fucking funny. And I was like, oh, my God, fucking Dallas. Because Dallas, you've been playing that kind of character to all your friends for the last couple of decades. And it was really cool to see you on camera doing like that, that character, you know? And I was like, oh, my God, I love to see you on there. And I love to see you and your friends. The 1491s, like fucking making your own TV show. Yes like yes. how do you feel Thank how do you, you fucking feel
1: i you know i i'm still processing it because i'm i feel great I, i'll just say that i i feel great i feel so excited that it, um people got to see it i'm so excited for all the folks that created it and like my 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 brother sterling harjo that put so much energy and time to making this a, a fantastic show um my brother mega Z, like is one of the producers one of the writers and like uh bobby wilson and you know he he was also a writer on it he actually is he has a little cameo wait for it oh, he also shit. will show up um and in general like it was just really fantastic i feel like i'm more excited more happy about what most folks won't see is what the behind the scenes of like i went to oklahoma um to film uh film my scenes and Uh, let's say i I go back into last let's say what is this september of 2020 so last september i got i got asked to come in to do the pilot and so the pilot is that first episode you saw and it was crazy because that was like peak just after the peak covid right yeah everyone's still freaking out this was a like the movie set the set itself was like everyone's on extreme paranoia anxiety high you know, uh, FX, who's producing the, the, the show, is owned by Disney. So, like, like Disney is, like, taking it super serious. So, swabs up the nose, like, every other day kind of vibe. So, they, I felt comfortable because they took it serious. Um, and it was cool because the, the pilot is when I got to see Sterling. It was, you know, he he's behind the director's seat. And there was Native folks on, like, all the Native actors. And then I started meeting some of the, the crew member and the crew were native folks on the crew. And when I came back to shoot the second episode and when, when the, the, they, they filmed the pilot, they showed it to the executives and they said, yeah, we love this. Let's do a whole season. And so I came back this May, this past year or past May to film the rest of, uh, rest of my scenes. And there were even more natives behind the camera on the crew. Like, that's the part you you know, folks don't talk about. is like, all right, you got Native folks all in front of the camera. Um, all the writers are Native. The directors are all Native. But, like, the sound guy, he's fucking Osage. Like, oh, sure. he's not fucking Osage. He is Osage. And then you yeah. have, like, the, the, the on-set photographer, Native. The set designers, Native. The folks that are doing the, the um, costume design, some of them folks are Native. The, the folks picking you up from the airport were Native. Like, ah um the the movie the the tv show score was made by this game this guy named mato he's a native producer like and the thing is really powerful and i got to give a lot of love to sterling is he made it like that was a core demand like if you're gonna if we're gonna make this show like i'm gonna tell you who you should hire and i'm gonna tell you who really who we need to bring into the space and uh That's why I'm I'm really, I want to show tremendous amount of love and respect to Sterling because he really made it so that he pulled folks with him into this project.
0: Yeah. And you can, you can see it. I mean, obviously I saw the two episodes, which are everything looking glossy and perfect, obviously for the screen, but I was watching all your guys' social media leading up and just seeing the behind the scenes shots, just like seeing like the setup and you guys chilling. I was like, man, like that looks like it was a party. It looks like it was such good fucking energy and just like you guys, you can tell you're making, you, you were in the process of making something really fucking special and my God, does it translate to the screen? You know, you can just feel it.
1: I, I, that makes me so happy. Yeah. I, I mean, I was there for, you know, the scenes that I was in and they were there for months still like there. I think the whole, the entire first season took them, I think three months two and a half months to film. Really? Yeah. Um, and that was all the, earlier this spring and it was in Oklahoma and it was kind of cool because like, you know, these productions are expensive. Like, I mean, they're, they, they cost a lot of money to make, to have that high production value. And so like, you know, the houses where they filmed were native houses. Like they had to compensate. They had to kick some Indians out and put them in a hotel room <laughs> while they were filming. Um, oh, he's, my son's crying somebody come get this baby dad's on a podcast <laughs> come get this baby thank you okay baby baby taken How old is he now he is 18 months now
0: oh my gosh time flies, he's smoking man.
1: cigarettes and you know. gambling he's got a, he's got a problem we got to work with him on that <laughs>
0: So you guys um, kicked people out of their homes and used yeah. like, Those are some real-ass Indian homes that we're seeing are, on TV. That
1: was straight up like in, um that was, is it Muskogee, Oklahoma? And uh, that was um straight Native community. Like those are all Indians' houses that they lived in. The entire scenes were all shot in Native, like Sterling's backyards, basically, like where he grew up. Wow. Um, And that's Great. kind of cool part because I've, I don't, I never grew up in Oklahoma. I'm not from right. Oklahoma, right. but- like there's folks have follow on social media who are from Oklahoma and they're like, dude, it's so powerful to see a place I grew up in reflected on TV. Like that is where I grew up. Like I, it's just powerful to see their home on camera, you know, that right. I, I love that part of it. Yeah. It's
0: uh, it's definitely a vibe. All the scenes, like it- everything looks real, like legit. I mean, I only spent some time out there. I was staying, I had done some contract work for the Osage nation. So I was out there for a few months, Oh yeah, but I was, but I was right. out in Pahuska. So you were going to marry
1: was- in, you were like, all shacked up.
0: <laughs> you were going to be, you were going to
1: wear the whole costume where they get married. I remember that.
0: Oh, how thinking. they have like the, the top, like they do the pop yeah. hats yep. and like the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the um, no, it was, it was so fun being out there. I really enjoyed it. I missed it. I haven't gone back since I want to say a few years now, but I I would like to, to go out there again, but I will say one thing that the reference was for the meat pies. I'm not lying, man. Like as soon as I saw that scene, I was like, man, I'm hungry and I want some meat pie. (laughs) (laughs) There's just stuff out there that you can't find out here, you know? And it's just like, um, it's just very distinct and and to the place and so i was like man like this is really cool like and and for me you know i'm a city indian i'm born and raised out here in the bay area so but there were so many like really cool scenes that i was like oh we know this character we know this guy you know like i feel like as much as it is very much a snapshot of uh of oklahoma obviously and like native life out there it also there's so much of the writing and so much of the way people said very specific things like Mm -hmm. the nerd in me was like, Oh, I'm gonna write that down, you know, but I'm like, okay, stop Jackie, just enjoy the damn show and watch it and have fun. But, um, yeah, I love the, and this is something I actually listened to, um, Sterling's podcast where he like interviews all the, all the writers. So Mm -hmm. and, and Bobby and Tommy, et cetera. And, um, and in magazines, one, he talked about like the Twilight Zone. And now he's like, I wanted like that supernatural sort of element to it. And that's where your scene comes in. And mm-hmm. so I think it's totally cool to like, how did you feel about your lines? Like, how did you feel about to get the call and then get the script and shit?
1: Well, I, so I did have to audition for it. So like there was, there was competition. Oh. Um, I actually read for to be the cop. Like they wanted me to read to be big.
0: Big. Um, okay. Yeah.
1: And, um, And I think Zahn, destroys it. He does such a great job as big. So good. Um, And, but the, you know, the spirit was like, obviously there's, there's references to like my old bits that we did as 1491s. Yes. And, um, you know, and I own that. I accept that. I'm like, Hey, yeah, that's, that's great. So like, it was great. I felt a little, you know, what I liked about it, and Sterling gave this direction when we talked about it, he was like, look, this show, we want it, it's based in reality. Like, you know, we're not we're not going to be bringing in like super mystical stuff into this. Like we really want to base this in the lived experience of Native folks um, in this community. But then also like there's a chance to bring in some other, the way they bring in the mystical, the way they bring in my character, you know, is very much like, there's like it's grounded in reality i mean the kid fell in his head is he having a vision or is he freaking hallucinating you don't know but um the idea of the spirit i think is it just resonates i think and and, um you know not playing into the stoic master narrative is so powerful and that's something we've always done as 1491s but i think that was like it's so amazing to see that brought here and uh, I'll tell you what this, this is a little story it is um, from onset, We're filming that first scene where I'm on the horse and um, we finish some lines and I get off and Sterling comes up to me and he was like, man, this is, this is fucking amazing. He's like, just dude, think about it. Like they're fucking paying for us. They pay. they paid for the fucking horse. Like I wrote a horse in the script and there's a fucking <laughs> horse here and now you have to ride it. He's like, that's wild. And, and he was like, it's amazing because all these years we've been doing comedy like 1491's low production value with just a handheld camera. And, and there's a lot of folks asking whether that could translate to a bigger audience. If we can, if that can translate something bigger. And he's like, and it does look at we're here. And we're like, this is a chance for us to like show that um, what we do as native entertainers, as artists, is possible to to grow or to to hit a broader audience if we're just given that opportunity and um so i i felt great about you know playing my bit role to help like push back against those master narratives of what it means to be a native what does it mean to be like a native person in this world today so it's pretty cool and i i really like i love the part and i look forward to you know people seeing the journey that the spirit goes on or the the journey that bear has with the spirit i say more more accurately um and yeah it's it's been it was a really exciting experience for me
0: it's really it's really cool dallas and i'm like curious you know this has been kind of a a pretty big year i'd say for native comedy um in February, uh, the book came out. A lot of us were interviewed in it. Your photo's in there. You guys, uh, the 1491s is a pretty um, big presence in the book. And then obviously Rutherford Falls came out in April and now um, Reservation Dogs. And then a bunch of other things are in the works that some mm-hmm. stuff folks can talk about and some stuff are still early stages. I was just curious, like, as being one of the figureheads of Native comedy, what does this moment feel like to you?
1: I honestly am so self conscious. Like that idea of like when you say that, I'm like, ah, no, like I don't, I'm not, like I just take my shirt off and talk with the Indian, like super Indian male accent. Like it's like I so self doubt and be like, nah, whatever. Um, I know, I know your dad's one of my favorite, favorite like favorite fans, biggest fans.
0: Yes. And that makes me is. happy. Um, yeah.
1: But I, I'm i super hopeful. I'm super, like, I look forward to what what's created. And also being mindful, like it's a wave that like we have to be writing and it's going to have ups and downs. And that's the way it goes. And even with that, like, like what I look forward to is getting to a place where we see more native content, where we're uh, enough to where we're like, ah, I didn't really like that. And you're it's okay. Cause there's other stuff that you can like, you know, that's the right. thing I, I, I look forward to is when we see uh, a diversity of Native actors and not just native actors, native writing and directing and produce shows and movies and stuff. So um, it's looking up. I think that there's a great squad of folks. You know, also, I think. the What's the word cadre? Is that word? The cadre, like the collection of word. folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. cadre of native producers and filmmakers. The ones that I know and that have gotten to know are a lot different than ones i've kind of experienced growing up like folks are artists and stuff because they're a lot more right. i feel like folks are a lot more collaborative than artists when i was younger i meet like native artists and like in and yeah native artists in general i feel like we're in a generation now where people are like really down to collaborate and create together as opposed to like oh, i'm gonna do my thing you are gonna do your thing and we're good to go and i really feel like the collaboration aspect is really what got us to where we are today. Overall, um, as Native comedians and artists and entertainers,
0: and I wonder if you think that has to do with kind of like a wave of of more opportunities. Because I think before, like definitely, I could see the Native artists getting territorial about, "Hey, I'm the Ledger artists," and it's like <laughs> there's actually a lot. And uh, but you know, there's always like there was always someone who was like, "I'm the Indian," you know, like, "Hey, yeah, get out yeah. of my scene." This is my corner. This is my turf, you know, and I feel like maybe because there's more opportunities. I mean, the fact that these shows even got greenlit and got funding and are, you know, out there doing their thing, it just opens up opportunities for other folks. So it's less about like, you know, hey, this is my spot and more about like, let's all go together, you know, mm-hmm. like, let's, yeah. let's, let's do this. So, and it sounds like just based on the background of like what the behind the scenes was like, like it was like a, a, a full on native production for oh ResDocs.
1: yeah it's great yeah i think i mean i keep repeating that but you know it's something powerful to have to come on to a i don't know how much how big the budget was but it was big like a big enough like the biggest one yeah, i ever horse. seen yeah we had a fucking horse <laughs> i mean it's not like uh it's not like uh you know leonardo dicaprio big but it's it's decent size where they had like lights and cranes and stuff and you know They would they say hey we needed a roof we need a roof we need a character standing on a roof so let's build a roof kind of thing like that's um that's the kind of cool stuff
0: can i ask a question about the horse yeah okay so there's that scene where the horse like kind (laughs) of yeah (laughs) it just drops obviously that horse is trained right yeah do that exact thing so like well i i was like how did they do this like did you fall a couple of times when you guys did that take or
1: yeah so it was always in the script that the horse would fall. And then I had to go, I had actually come out a week earlier to do some horse training. I told them I rode a horse, but they had, because of the horse fell, I would have to go through some safety training just to get signed off on that. And so we practiced different ways that the horse would (laughs) fall and I would roll off. And so there's like, I did it maybe 12, 12, 13 times of like different ways that the horse would roll. And then I would roll off and stuff. So, um, they kept laughing because the horse technically is not that big of a horse. Like I'm, I stood over the horse when it was laying down. Yeah. So (laughs) it was that not that big of a horse, but yeah.
0: Oh man. I kind of wish that there was someone with like a, like a handheld camera just recording all the shit, you know, just to sort of capture like the blooper moments, you know, where you're like, you know, falling over with the horse and all the other background stuff, you know, all the other stuff going on.
1: There is, um, there is a behind the scenes crew. There was a behind Ooh. the scenes crew that I don't know the plan for it, but there okay. is a behind the scenes. I don't know if there's going to be a DVD or whatever. Um, you, I think, you know, the folks who did the behind the scenes, okay. um, it's a little company called Buffalo nickel creative. Got it. So I think just, I know those folks. Yeah. Yeah. You might know them. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So there was some scenes like where they had folks on cat on set. And there was like a, um, my buddy, Shane, who was taking photographer, taking photos. Um, so like, if over the next couple of months, weeks i'll be probably posting photos like professional looking photos it's probably because my buddy shane who's on set taking photos of all the actors and stuff
0: yes wait so let's talk about the bay area really quickly so i don't know dallas if folks know you had quite a long time out here in the bay area you yeah like yeah. 7 8
1: years i was out there you
0: had a whole a whole I had a, a whole chapter you had a whole yeah. life out here and then you left us
1: yeah to be better.
0: <laughs> That's fucked up to be better. Uh, so how did we meet? How did we meet? And when was this?
1: Well, you were like 18 years old.
0: Right? Yeah, my God.
1: And you were one year below beneath me. I was a sophomore. You were a freshman. Freshman.
0: Freshman.
1: Um, no, met at UC Berkeley. Right. And I um you and your sister came in and at UC Berkeley at freshman year and loud as hell, just <laughs> taking up the room, just sucking up all the oxygen. No, it was great. It was great because it was like so you 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 guys came with all that Hayward energy, just like little <laughs> whirlwind of Tasmanian devils of <laughs> happiness and like loud, like high squeaky noises. But high I, squeaky it, noises. So, yeah, it's like and then you had you would have your homies with you and they're like. You could hear you down the hall and... <laughs> I loved it. it. It was great. No, I so um, yeah, at UC Berkeley, we 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 rolled the hallways of Wheeler Hall.
0: Wheeler fucking Barrows, Bancroft mm-hmm. fucking um, the Golden Bear Cafe and the multicultural. What was it called? MSD Multicultural Student Development Center. Remember that?
1: Is it the MSD or is it MSC?
0: MSD multicultural student development
1: yeah and so yeah. it's crazy to watch so all right i don't know if anyone from berkeley now is listening to this yeah but i went back for the first time i went not for the first time but last time i went back was maybe four years ago and i'm walking around and i'm like wow look at their student union it's all fancy you got working lights and the doors yes. are like nice and i'm like man we didn't get this shit when we were here like seriously like i went to Berkeley, and what actually what I went to Berkeley for when I was a high school, senior high school senior and they they flew me up to visit the campus senior and weekend senior weekend I landed San Francisco drove all the way to Berkeley I'm excited I get to see this this school that I potentially will go to school to in the fall boom I'm excited I throw my bags down and then they say oh you guys want you want to go to Stanford Powell <laughs> I was like yeah and they drove me to Stanford for the whole weekend Um, and I spent the whole weekend at Stanford power with the Berkeley kids. And I, uh, I, I, I spent like maybe 30 minutes on Berkeley campus that whole time. And I loved it. And I was like, I'm going to school here because it was the community that really swayed me. It was one is the community of Berkeley, the vibe there, but also just the general sense of a community of the Bay area. Like there's like a native community here. And I went to go visit other schools. I went to Occidental College down in Pasadena. i I visited um, Yale. I visited all these Shit. other schools. And I didn't never got that sense of community beyond the campus. And that's what fed me, really, like fed me energy wise, it was like I needed to feel like I was a part of somewhere that was home to native folks, right? Oh. And um and Cal was really was really provided that for me because i we were, a lot of, when you live, when you go to, we live in the Bay area and you're native and you do want to be a part of something like, it's not too hard to, to go to events and plug into stuff. So that was pretty great. And now I, I see it like, it's like they but they provide all these resources that we didn't have, like really great resources.
0: And they're good. also they're good now. Yeah. What's
1: really cool to see is there's a lot more California natives at Berkeley. Yeah.
0: That's yes. Awesome.
1: You guys were the first, so I think many. you were like one of the first California natives I ever met. You're the first Washoe I ever met you the first Washoe.
0: No, I, well, okay. Myra, I want to say she was, she's, wasn't she pachanga. She's Lisenia. Yeah, but like, wasn't, I don't know. I forget what tribe she was, but, um, so she was, there was a couple California Indians. There was, oh, all right. Um, yes. Yes. Go, there was Diana. I'll But I was your first Washoe that you ever met. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Your first you were,
1: Sierra Nevada Ridge runner, mountain climber.
0: <laughs> pine thick, nut eater. Hey, pine, pine nut nut eater. Yeah. <laughs> that's right wow they should go weave some baskets they got all that energy uh <laughs> 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 no it's true and i i love i do love to see it oh yeah we we got we had a dia we had some urox we had um we had Maidu's, we had um oh my god my brain my brain remember amber remember we had all that, amber, that she's crew. from oh uh, shit we had Stra- um she's from strawberry valley
1: strawberry valley yeah
0: but she was wasn't she like She's Orville, Maidu. Orville, Maidu. Or I forget yeah. the I forget no, the
1: Sylvia Johnson was Orville and she was from another ville, Northern North. Sylvia. Of that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Sylvia was your guys's class. I don't think I yeah. like got to know her all too much. And then of course there's Brittany and Lindsay, Quachon. So they're, yeah. you know, so
1: actually there south. was a lot of California. There's a hell of natives. California Indians. Yeah, now that we're- right. <laughs> Damn it. I'm wrong. You I were don't.
0: the odd man out. It was yeah. just honestly like the I think like the Bay area native vibe is always like heavy on the plains, like just the Bay area native oh. vibe. It's just cause of like Amish presence and all that kind of stuff. But like now I would say there's like really a push and an interest. And of course you got Karina out here with Sagreate like doing amazing things with their land trust and, um, really representing, um, really representing sort of the, the LaShawn villages and sort of the Ohlone experience out here. So it's really, it's like a, it's a different vibe and it's a different Mm -hmm. time. And I, I love to see it and I'm like, oh man, this is cool. But yeah, I think like that was what I loved about Cal too. And we were, me and Dallas were part of this organization called NARC terrible acronym, Native American recruitment and retention center. And it has since thankfully rebranded itself to native American student development. And FENOSHA actually runs that organization. Yeah. So yeah. they have like programs. They got like study nights and stuff. remember we were just like random kids that would just get together yeah. and like go They're- out to eat and shit and like fuck around, around town. And we'd go on drives places and let's go to Mel's diner, you know, or like whatever, whatever it was. But like, now it's like they have like organized actual organized stuff programs. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. there's someone who was hired to do it. Cause yeah. I think when it was just us, like Alex all kind of would like pay us to like, work and build program but we were like busy students yeah. doing a gazillion other things
1: we we did the so. best we could with what we had um and it's great to see resources being dedicated to that program work. and working for is doing a great great job that instagram like yes. i don't know if you heard of this but like the berkeley native instagram this shit's woke and like actually relevant and yes like it's really cool to see so props props to that
0: Yeah. Shout out to NASD at UC Berkeley, um, for killing it. And they have like profiles of all the students and like, I don't even go there anymore, but I still like go, Oh, I know. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) It's just, it's just nice to see, you know, the community. And so they've done a really good job. Um, but so do you miss the Bay area? What are your three things you miss?
1: Uh, taco trucks, taco trucks, dude. I, I, all right. So I live in Chicago right now. So folks that don't know, I live in Chicago. Um, you know, the, the thing about chicago is it's a crazy segregated city like it's straight oh, like yeah. like straight by lines you can go like oh the, the black neighborhoods over there the la, latino communities over there you have whites all white folks all up there like it's still there's a lot of you know it's a modern city so there's like mixing together but for for the most part like when you get like east of the mississippi a lot of the big cities are still pretty segregated as mm. opposed to when you go as opposed to when you go west um and so it's one of those places where if you want good, like Mexican food, you got to go to a certain neighborhoods to get that. What I loved about the Bay area is that you could go to a lot of different places to get really good food, but I really do miss the taco trucks. Like when you're like, like one one in the morning, you're like, dude, I'm yes. hungry. I want to get, I want to get, I want to get a good burrito. Um, so I, I miss that. Um, and I think it's just the whole vibe. I think I just really love the, the artistic vibe there, the, the the political ideologies of the communities in general is just like a lot more um you know it's it's a it's a it's a vibe that really you feel welcomed in in many in certain spaces right i mean still challenges not fucking perfect but it's still really good peoples out there you know i actually what i missed this is like very tangential but like i feel as a missed opportunity when i was there because i was so focused on like being a part and kind of in Helping grow the Bay Area community, native community, and you're right. Like that Bay Area community is very focused on like transplanted natives. So like natives, they're Pan Indian from all the different places. Navajos, you have folks from the plains and mm-hmm. all these other places. So it caters to that. The culture, the community culture, like caters to to that. And it wasn't until like my later years of working um, in the Bay Area that I it took. I had to go work up in Sacramento, and I started like being engaging with california natives and like sacramento very much has a very opposite vibe where it's very focused on california oh yeah totally right and i was like man like i want to get to know this more like i want to get connected to like all these folks that go to roundhouse and they go all these different dances and like i got it i was so grateful to have that experience in my my later years but it's one of those things where i was like man i wish i would have invested more time in early on to get to know more of the native community outside of the city or outside the Bay Area.
0: Yeah, it is, it is, it is really beautiful. And I think like, but like I said it's changing and I can't wait until we can all like be together at one, you know, maybe Stanford's happening next year. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean we had the we had the Good Medicine comedy show, which was awesome. Yeah. Hundred people came out for that. That was fucking cool. Um I just got the highlight reel from our videographer yeah. and it looks so fucking cool. And I'm like, man, that was a moment. Like it came and it and it like, it, it was so much great. work putting it together and thank you. Shout out to Eric Ting. Shout out to Eric Ting, yes. artistic director at Cal Shakes. Um, yeah. He reached out to me and was like, Hey, we want to do a show. He was like, you want to produce? And I was like, huh, let's do this. <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> let's go. And um, yeah, got the band together and, You know i had like i had no funding and i was like yo uh adrian uh brian you know like i was reaching out to people being like so i'm gonna get funding and when that happens i can buy you a flight you know like it was this whole like it was it was all put together and it was just beautiful and it was such a fun night and um and that was pretty much the first time i would seen so many community members in a year and then some it was just fun. And I just missed being around people and seeing relatives. One of my relatives came all the way out from Nevada to come see the show. Wow. And, yeah.
1: That's yeah.
0: Awesome. And my dad's like, Oh, here's your cousin. And there's always like cousins that I've never met before. And he's like, Oh, we used to grow up together. I remember when she was little and you know, and so there's always like some like intro story, but it was so fun just to like have everybody back together for a little bit. When are you guys coming back to the Bay to visit and say, what's up?
1: Um, I have no damn clue. I don't like, I am. So me, my, my, my wife and I, we're, we are very vigilant and like nervous about traveling now with the Delta. Totally. We have two kids who are not like vaccinated because they're too young right now. Um, the rest of us are vaccinated, but um, you know, I look forward to coming out to the Bay area at some point, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know, next year sometime. I know that there might be yeah. some projects working on that might have, I might have to go out to California for So.
0: Oh, Look forward you, to that. Can you share that information? I, I with... cannot share
1: that information. <laughs> it's so annoying about this crap. Oh, I hate I'm it. I'm doing this, but I can't, I can't, I can't tell you. All right. When I stop recording, that.
0: you're going to tell me that <laughs> you're going to have to, it's required. It's going to happen. Um, ah. and, and... <laughs> Where do you see yourself, Dallas? Like, I know you've obviously been in front of the camera and you've done a lot of sketch writing over the years with the 1491s. Like, Where do you want to go? Because there was a hot second when you were doing some stand-up on the Zoom shows that I was running. Do you see yourself doing more stand-up in
1: the future? You know what's crazy is I got the courage up. Like I was like, okay, my son is born Mm -hmm. January 5th, 2020. I got a new kid, new life. This shit's going to be awesome. 2020 is going to be the day I'm going to go on. I'm going to start booking. I'm going to go and do some like, um open mics and i was i had the spot in my mind i'm like all right in four weeks i'm gonna go do open mic at this spot here and just try out you know five minute little set and then fucking covid hit and i was like i used that as an excuse i was like oh, oh that's a sign thank you lord thank you for getting all these millions of people sick <laughs> i don't have to do that so i but i seriously was in my mind like i wanted to get place, get to a place where to 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 write and start getting on stage. Cause that's something that you and I have talked about. Like I, I have a lot of experience on stage doing sketch comedy, like a lot of experience on stage, but not a doing decade. stand up. So mm-hmm. like, I wanted to build that, get, get up some experience. I'm looking forward to at some point doing that, but I, um, you know, I want to get into writing and, and be build up my, more of my writing, my comedy writing, and I would love to be behind the camera and, uh, and produce some shit. So we'll see how that comes, you know? Uh. It's also a risk when you're older now, like I got kids. So I have to worry about like, all right, how am I paying the bills too? Like, if I like, how am I going to make sure I can take care of the fam? And so that's the delicate path I walk right now. Like, I want to do this. I want to, I want to continue to create and act, but at the same time, I got to make sure that I'm doing it in a way that's sustainable for us as a family and uh, so far, so far, so good. Like, it's it's looking pretty good right now. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like just from your performance alone on the show, I imagine lots of folks are going to come knocking and having you audition for different shit, you know? Yeah. And I'm curious, like, do you run across auditions where it's that character, but, like, not the funny part of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, do you get a lot of those? And how do they make you I, feel?
1: <laughs> I haven't gotten... I haven't gotten a lot of auditions because I don't have an agent. I got to get an agent. I don't have an agent. Mm-hmm. So like there were requests are where people speak me out and say, Hey, who wants you to audition for this part? And I did get one. Like, and it was like four months ago where it was an Indian and it said Plains tribe, Indian. And sure. uh, <laughs> yeah. And it was like, you know, he, he looks stoic in the, in into the distance. And he actually was like, like, yeah, it was like, a modern it was another it was like i sounded the same i was like they didn't know if it was a hula's nation or not but it was a stoic indian delivering wise sage knowledge and i was like uh nope 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 not gonna do it
0: oh my god it's like people need to get the clue hi yeah. hollywood i know you're listening to my podcast um get it together <laughs> figure your shit out these roles are done unless they're doing it in a way like you guys did it. That's what I love. I will say, like, I really appreciate the 1490 ones because you guys put a lot of content out there that like really, um, it takes those kinds of stereotypes and still uses them, but uses them in a way to flip the script. And I will say like in my writing in particular, when I'm, when I'm on stage out here in San Francisco, I have to admit, I have spent a lot of effort purposefully not saying certain things because i don't want Mm -hmm. to forward a stereotype you know because i don't want to because i'm performing to san francisco audiences these motherfuckers don't know fucking indians i'm the first one they've ever met they don't they never know what a washo was you know what i mean so like for me i feel like there's been like a huge stress and a responsibility that i've put on myself where i'm like oh no don't talk about that on stage because then you're just going to reinforce something yeah yeah so i wonder if you know 1491s would you say that a predominant like audience might have been native or was it also a mix to everybody who came to your guys' shows because i was curious if that oh. if you guys ever had the white gaze and you were like oh we can't do that that'll just
1: no we never them- did that actually we there was a couple of moments like that where we were like no we're because there's a certain group of folks in the audience we're gonna ramp it up like we saw it as a <laughs> challenge um yeah the white gays when they were in the audience we were the like all right gay. we're gonna bust out the white gay jokes here we go No, it was more like we, we never were intimidated to that extent. Most of our audience was native. Uh, You know, that's where a lot of the shows we were brought by native students and Indian country. I like to make fun of ourselves. I mean, we take ourselves so damn serious. I've said that numerous times in our previous conversations, like it's so much comedy and how serious we take ourselves as natives. And a lot of that's because the way the world has like portrayed us, we have to feel like we have to meet that. And so, I like, I like turning that shit upside down.
0: I love it. I, I, I am trying to get that freedom in in the writing that I do and kind of, I'm, I'm hoping that's my goal is to like, I would love to get into TV writing and, and want to do more. I wrote a script and it was fun and I want to like put my life on Can you send
1: it to me? Can I read it? I
0: would love to send it to you. Yeah. It's about Hayward. It's about, you know what it is? It's about a girl named Rose who's in okay. her 30s, who left a toxic relationship in England. And oh, her that sounds familiar. Okay. I know, right? Her mom passed away and she did not go to her mother's funeral. Mm. And she comes back to the Bay. She has no job. She's fucking homeless. She's got nothing. And she has to come back and like deal with the shit that she left. And, and it's fun. It's funny. You know, it's funny. But it also deals with like heavy shit. And, um, yeah, and I'm just excited. Cause I got some really positive feedback about it recently and I'm like, ah, shit, that's the goal. I want that shit. I want to fuck around and pull an Issa Rae. I want to like build yes. a fucking space and I want to like shift culture and the way people talk about our community and, you know, and it's many facets, you know, like, I feel like a lot of the time growing up because we weren't we weren't so close to our family, like not everybody, you know, everyone was in Nevada aside from my grandparents, you know? So like, I, I think there was like a feeling of like, Oh, a little bit of an inadequacy to some degree uh, when mm-hmm. I was young, you know? And then I was like, Oh, fuck it. This is just, this just happens to be a lived experience of a native perspective in the Bay area. You know yeah. what I mean? So, which yeah. is, but it's, I would a, it's a hella
1: it. unique experience. The, the Bay area is no, is, the Bay area native like experience is nothing like anywhere else it, it is really really unique
0: yeah and i'm fucking from it man and i think that's so fucking badass <laughs> I'm hey, fucking i i'm fucking proud of i have shit.
1: all right i'm really bad at writing and i don't know if this is the interview still over or not because i have no
0: no, no we're still you.
1: you know i have a pitch for you and okay. i to collaborate okay let's
0: something. do it let's hear it okay
1: i think that i don't know whether it's a film or if it's a series but our road trip from when we took a road trip <laughs> and I brought you back to the res from the California is such a great premise of like a fish out of water, but it's a native from the city. Like that whole experience was, was eye opening for both of us, but it was like, I just think about that. So much comedy. There's so much foundation for great comedy in that idea because we, we went through that.
0: Like I go through that.
1: I think I just remember like, um, I see it in a cinematic format when I, in my memory, I see this scene of you at the VFW in Redwood <laughs> Falls with my brother in a basement oh. at the basement bar, of the VFW. And like, you're hella loud in that space. It's a movie in my mind. Like, I don't know what happened. I don't need to know what happened, but what, what my mind conjures is hilarious.
0: Oh my god, Dallas, that was fucking fun. So for so Dallas moved and I road tripped with him to move his shit back from the Bay Area to Minnesota, to Morton. Mm-hmm. And 36 hours on the fucking road and so Dallas is obviously Midwestern boy, knows how to talk to cops, and I'm a loud ass fucking opinionated ass woman from the Bay Area and I do not know how to talk to cops. <laughs> <laughs> Remember we got pulled over outside of Salt Lake and those motherfuckers yes. thought we were pushing fucking like drugs and shit yeah and you got so mad at you were like jackie this is the midwest now you don't don't talk don't do that to the cop." you were talking
1: shit to the cop you're like (laughs) no no you can't do that shit you can't do that i'm like dude don't antagonize the fucking cop in salt lake city you can do that in oakland you can't do that here
0: i i had never been outside of the bay (laughs) i mean truly like that was 2005 i didn't like Dallas. I hadn't been on a fucking airplane until I was 19. So like, I was just like doing me how I was raised.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just like popping off shots at the cops with your mouth. It's like, yo, what are you doing back there? What are you doing? Like I'm like, dude, you don't have to talk with them. Just, just stop. And then, our, so and then our stories, didn't me. mess, and our stories didn't match up that was the thing somehow. Oh. That's some bullshit cop shit where they like no they us-
0: did they said our story our stories matched they were fucking with us man yeah we were okay so that was the whole idea is that we were we were traveling we we're taking dallas home and he was going to fly me back to the bay and we, it was a long drive so we needed to do it together together and and it was it, it was fun like we had a good time yeah. but oh my god but the the trip to the vfw was fucking funny man that was funny. Okay. So there were two women there. Can I talk about this? There were two women there and they were best friends. They told me, Oh, it's my best friend. It's my best friend. And so one of them walks away and she goes, That fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and she starts talking a gang of shit. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. You know, I'm just, I'm a neutral character. I'm just, someone's buying me drinks. I'm having a good time. And then all of a sudden, so she gets up and leaves. And then I run into the other one in the bathroom. She goes, let me tell you about her. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> God, I've never seen people so ready to talk to a stranger. They've never fucking met about how much they hate their best friends. I was like, "Y'all, <laughs> this is a crazy. Welcome
1: to the Midwest.
0: No, totally. And it was funny because I walk in there and they're like, and you guys are like, oh, it's my friend Jackie's from California. And they're like, whoa, California. And I remember the guy was started like to do surfing like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "You guys, cowabunga!" And I was like, "Oh my god, what do you think of us?" Is <laughs> like, it all the nineteen so
1: nineties Disney after school shows came up? That's the reference everyone pulls from.
0: That's cowabunga, what it is. dude! Cowabunga, dude! And then they played because I was there. They played California Love.
1: Mm, of course that's what yeah and
0: they were like oh we got someone here from california like it was so great for me to walk into a bar and to be privy to all the gossip for the dj to put on a song for me without me asking for it and to get free drinks it was fucking funny and it was a vfw man so like it was <laughs> for those of you who don't know that's the veteran of foreign wars right foreign wars or warfare yeah. i forget, but um anyway I know we have to wrap up here so Dallas what are you working on next is there any like cool shit you want to share with folks upcoming projects upcoming Um, things
1: I am I'm really trying to get into the world of writing and I said that before my brothers everyone's been hounding me to get to do more writing I need more writing examples but like I would love to um Take advantage of all this momentum right now and see if we can, if I can um, pitch some movies or at least, uh yeah, a movie or a show um that I would be excited to do. And it's—I was thinking about this because I, I was writing this story. I was writing this right. Actually, what I was writing about was, yeah, it's it's a downer, but it's like it was about the mass hanging in 1862. So it's mm-hmm. the mass hanging of the uh, 38 Dakota men, and like how do you how do we how can we as native writers and native comedians and storytellers talk about history without hitting those pitfalls of how like western folks see us you know what i mean like because history does affect us but yet at times i feel like ah, i can't write that because then that's just going to reinforce their stereotypes of like we only exist in the past so it's like exactly it's it's just like you know the the path we walk is it's kind of challenging right now because we were like hey we want to write about what something that means something to us we want to write about we want to talk about stories that no one heard about right um the the mass hanging of 38 dakota most mainstream society has never heard of that i would love to share that story as a way to help you know heal our own community but also just share that story of our of, of our peoples um And so I've been just really thinking of like through writing of how can I explore that? How can I do that in a way that I feel good about it? You know, that's not like, Oh, this is just reinforcing that Indians only exist in the past and all this stuff. Like, so that's what I'm, I'm a project that I'm working on. is just writing more of that story and trying to um, capture it in a good
0: way. Yeah. And I I think that's what's well you bring up a really important point Dallas, which is like, we have so much work, as like, I don't know if it's like native artists, but like, because Hollywood has taken a shit on our community, we have to dig ourselves out of a fucking hole. So it's a landmine effort to try to get to something beautiful because there's something, there's a story you want to tell and you've seen things done so poorly for so long in Hollywood that you're like, ah, oh, I can't reinforce that. I, I just feel like it just, it really shows like how the creative process and to get things like Res Dogs to the screen and to get it there doing its fucking work means mm-hmm try, like having to get through that kind of stuff, having to negotiate that, what I would consider kind of like a minefield of like, how do you balance these things, but not do it in a way that disrespects anybody, but do it in a way that honors your particular lived experience and the stories that you want to tell, which very much can be traumatizing and awful, yeah. like, like a, a mass hanging. I, don't, I, I think a lot it's of- hard being an Indian. <laughs> So hard. And, uh, but I mean, i am just, you know, just, it's, it's hard being a fucking creative. And then you add your stories on there that you want to tell. And, um, it just makes it more complicated. I'm not saying like boo hoo. I'm just saying like, it's one of those things where sometimes like I I talk about this in, in, in standup. Sometimes I just want to fucking tell jokes. And then we get into the politics of who's the asshole on the stage that, was abusive to someone else, you know? And it's like, yeah. I have to negotiate that too. And I have to kind of always be like, oh, who's on the lineup? Yeah, I'm not doing that show, you know? And I, it, it, it implicates how I move in through the space. It implicates so many things. And so I feel like that's what a lot of um, people don't understand is that like, we're constantly having to carry these other considerations at, at, at hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Which like just makes it more fucking you know, it makes it more challenging. It's not, obviously it's not impossible. Rutherford Falls exists, you know, Reservation Dogs yeah. exists, all the other work that everyone's done that hasn't made it to screen, whether it be the play like you guys did uh, Between Two Knees, you know what I mean? So I'm just, you're right. I'm excited for the day that we can find a terrible film by a native person and we're like, ah, oh, you know, they tried. <laughs>
1: but there's, there's so
0: many other better examples out there. Yeah. And, and, and this not so great one exists and that in itself it's an act of resistance.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. So um, anyway, Dallas, I know we're like running out of time here, but I've really thoroughly enjoyed talking to you and hanging out. And where can folks find you? Like, we didn't even get to talk about your environmental work. Sorry. That's nah, all good.
1: That's <laughs> all good. Um, so Dallas is I'm also a big all time activist. All, on all the social media, just look up Dallas golden and you can find me.
0: You can find me. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much Dallas. It was great to chat with you.
1: Boom. I'm I'm happy. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Thank you Dallas.
1: Bye.